Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Jerry Ferrara and Olivia Harlan Decker. The NFL Conference Championships are set. They are ready to go. And so are we. As exciting as it is, it's also kind of sad. It's also kind of depressing. There's only three games left in the NFL season. But look, it's all blue blood logos. I love it. It's, you know, no Cinderella's here. This is this looks like a good final four and young quarterback royalty, including Mr. Extremely Relevant. So much to get to. Jerry Ferrara, three more chances to win some money in the NFL. But how did you do last weekend? I did all right. My 10 point teasers, which most people frown upon, which I've been shouting on all year. <laughs> I have an impeccable record. I didn't even, the only game I actually needed the points was our beloved Kansas City Chiefs because Doug Peterson took the three points instead of going for the touchdown. So that blew the cover, but I had them. Yeah. I just put the Chiefs in the teaser all year long and that's been very, very successful. So I did all right. And I'm looking to make some money in the last three games. That's for sure. I also like how you said our Chiefs. That was I don't have a team left anymore, <laughs> I know. so I, I got to adopt Jerry. my friends' teams now. That's what yep. happens. See, that's why I always say you got to have two teams, and I like to have <laughs> one in each conference. Listen to this. Someone in Indiana cashed in on a $5 four-leg parlay for each game's first touchdown score. $5 paid out 72795 bucks, And he tweeted, like, this is life-changing money. I mean, it's that's amazing. That's a really good weekend. That's a great weekend. And also, cheers oh. to him for having the guts. I don't know if he had a cash out option on this bet, but I'm sure once mm. he hit the the third out of the fourth leg or whatever he had, I'm sure the cash out was kind of that's where it becomes deal or no deal. Where you're like, Seriously. yeah, you could you could take this money or you could open up what's in the in the case. So, uh, congrats to someone in Indiana who that's an amazing run. And I'm going to do something like that, I think, this weekend, because it just sounds fun. Let's do it. It does sound fun. And I was just thinking, what would I do if the first three cashed out? I feel like if I only put five bucks on it, I'd be like, why stop now? Let's just see this one through. Right. But if you're saying like, okay, what did he win? He won 72 grand, 73 grand. I don't know 
what the cash out is, but if they're just saying, well, let's hey. Let's say it was like 45 or something. I mean, right. Well, no, probably like, okay, cash out for, tw- you know, $12,000. Take it right oh, now. Oh, you think that low? Yeah. May, I don't know. I, I wonder. I'm sure someone yeah. maybe let us know on Twitter what the buyout was in that. So here's something significant also as it pertains to betting for this coming weekend. Both point spreads in the AFC and NFC championship are less than a field goal. Again, it's Tuesday. I doubt it's going to change much, but right now I think both games are two and a half. So that's only happened twice before in the Super Bowl era. And these lines are on the move too, like I mentioned, especially Kansas City, Cincinnati. And a lot of that has to do with Patrick Mahomes' ankle injury. So we'll talk about how all of this is shaking out at the end of the show with BetMGM's betting analyst, Peter Andrew. He also may be gloating because he went out to San Francisco. He's a big Niners fan. So he had himself a really good weekend. But in Chiefs Bengals, the original line is what they call a bad opener um, because Kansas City was favored by, I want to say, like four or five points when it first opened. And then Vegas quickly realized that was not Right. In addition to Peter, earlier in the show coming up, we've got NFL insider Greg Rosenthal. He's from NFL Network, NFL.com, he writes, and around the NFL podcast. He is all over it and he knows everything. So we're going to get him, get him on the show and get us ready for Championship Sunday. Okay, Jerry, overall, though, I mean, great weekend. Yes. And I'm very excited to talk to Greg. I'm very excited to talk to Peter. But for the moment right now, I'm most excited to talk to you because Uh, you, as we mentioned last week, were covering the game for what? Westwood one, right? The chiefs Bengals game. Your dad was calling the game. You were covering the Jaguars. Uh, Chiefs Jaguars. Sorry. I'm I'm already far ahead. I'm already, I know. I know. (laughs) Jags are completely out of my brain already, but I couldn't help but think of you as I was watching that game and the Mahomes injury happens and Mm. the whole place goes, what feels like silent for a playoff game, although it wasn't silent. What is going on in your world covering that game? Patrick Mahomes, biggest star, NFL star in the world, arguably, goes down with an injury. What is going on in your mind? Jerry, I'm never going to forget this moment. I've I've seen a lot of big injuries in my time, and there's something different when it's happening in real time in front of you. And you're right. The place goes quiet. The loudest NFL stadium going quiet is quite eerie. And it's nighttime, and it's misting, and the lights are on, and the whole thing was just very cinematic. And I am right by Patrick Mahomes. Like, I thought he could spit on me as he was yelling. And the coolest thing for me is how I'm always going to be left with this impression of his lack of quit. And I know that is kind of overused. I know people say, oh, he's such a competitor about athletes all the time. But my God, after seeing it right in front of me, he was significantly hurting. I mean, he was in pain. Like I could see it on his face. You could even see after he threw a touchdown when he went back out and his teammates go to celebrate. I mean, the zoom in shot of his face was in so much pain, but he gets to the sideline. And of course, athletic trainers first swarm him. They taped up his ankle. They retaped it up and he's kind of hobbling. He's kind of doing like calf raises, trying to get that ankle warmed up. And his offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy his quarterback coach, Matt Nagy, and head coach, Andy Reid, all, it looked like an intervention. The three of them come up around him and are like, you, you got to go in the locker room. They wanted him to get an x-ray. And he's just shaking his head adamantly, vehemently, vigorously saying, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Like basically telling him like, F off, I'm going back on this field. And teammates coming up to him like, you good? And he's just not talking to anyone unless he's saying the words, I'm good, I'm good. 
And yeah, I'd never seen anything like that. The determination to stay not only on the field, but on the sideline. He did not want to go in that locker room. So then ultimately, Eric Bieniemy comes up to him, kind of puts his arm around him, and Patrick turns around. He rips off, you know, those Superman capes that they wear on the sideline, yells an expletive, throws down his helmet, and Jerry, I think I'm the closest person to him (laughs) in this moment. Wow. And I'm just, I'm like speechless. And he runs in the locker room, and I hit up my producer, and I say, hey, come down to me, come down to me, because as a sideline reporter, you have to convince them to open up your mic, which is another conversation. And then they come down to me, and I just... I have the first report and I say, Patrick Mahomes is in the locker room. He's really upset about it, blah, blah, whatever I said. And I mean, it was just amazing. And then he comes back out and he immediately puts his cape back on and his helmet on. So the crowd didn't see him run back out. So there was no reaction, which was almost crazy. And so I go back on the air and I say, um, Patrick Mahomes is back on the sideline. (laughs) Same tape job. And he's got his cape on and his helmet on. And I don't think this crowd knows he's back out here. Kind of implying that when he takes a field, which looks like he's planning to do, it's going to be like, again, it's going to be like Superman taking his cape off. Everyone still thought he was in the locker room. It was wild. I know I'm going on and on about this, but it's a moment I'll never forget. No, this is great. And some of this, you know, you can't really say in real time. Like my producer even got in my ear, make sure, and this is kind of a funny thing, make sure I'm not reporting on anything that I can see with my access that people in the front row can't see or hear. It's really a funny thing. And obviously, like, you don't want to make a player look bad, coaches look bad, anything. So you're kind of doing a dance in real time as I'm reporting it. But that that's what happened. And it was amazing. Patrick Mahomes is amazing. I would be, I think I would be terrible at your job. <laughs> because I just reliving that with you, I put myself in that position. And here's how uh, that would go. All right, we're going to your dad's throwing to me, right? And this is what yeah. I'd be like. Oh, Kevin. Oh, sh- Kevin, shit. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. My bet is out the window. My bet is definitely out yeah. the window. Chiefs are not going to cover. It's bad. And he's telling well, and everyone then, to fuck off. He's not getting yep. off the field. It's crazy down here, Kevin. Yep. <laughs> and let me I also add in the Chiefs, our NFL teams can tell you what they want to, because you have to wait right. for the official wor- word from the team. The Chiefs are notoriously tight-lipped. And so I'm waiting for their head of communications to come over, and it's me and Melissa Stark who's doing the game for NBC. So he, they have to tell us one thing and one thing only. Questionable to return or will return or won't return. They can say right. lower body injury, even though right. everyone can see it's an ankle. You know what I mean? So... And they come up to me and Melissa Stark and they say, ankle injury, questionable to return. And the first thing we both ask is, did he get an x-ray in the locker room? And they say, we can't say. Wow. I mean, it's just, Ugh. so you're you're playing detective down there. It's, yeah. it's wild. And then Melissa, and again, we kind of go our different ways. We're on two different broadcasts. And then later I saw that she reported that he got an x-ray. And I honestly don't know how she got that information. So it was... I mean, it's just a lot. It's, it makes the profession really exciting. It also, you have to do a lot of investigative work and then you cannot put your foot in your mouth. Yeah, you can't speculate on anything. You even cannot like 1%. speculate. See, again, nope. we're going to throw it back down to the sideline, the Jerry Farrar. <laughs> you know, they're telling me he didn't get an x-ray, but I think that's bullshit. I think he actually right. got one. I think they're lying right. to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been lied to before. And of I mean, course. Yeah. Anyways, it was crazy. I I was wondering, as someone who is really 
um, constant better. Had you had significant futures bets on the Chiefs, would you consider hedging at that point? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yes, but again, we're talking about... I, my instincts would be yes, but then also like hearing you tell the story about Mahomes' courage and his cool under pressure, just knowing what something like that could do for a team. You want to talk about leading through example. Is there yeah. any way now going into this Bengals game, and we'll get into who we like in that game, but is there anyone who's going to be taking their film work lightly or their practice lightly or their That's rehab and treatment lightly knowing that their leader, who again, probably the biggest NFL star in the world, and also the talent backs it up. I've had an an a high ankle sprain playing pickup basketball, and I was out for eight weeks. I couldn't imagine if a, if a, if a linebacker landed on my ankle. So Ugh. to show that kind of toughness, I just think that that's going to go a long way with that team. Not that they need any more inspiration, but yeah, how do you uh, not do the extra hour of film work knowing that your quarterback just gutted out a game that they could have lost? They could have lost that game. Oh, 100%. And it felt like they were going to. And I've got to say, I'm really impressed with Jacksonville. And talking to Doug Peterson at halftime, he said, we got them right where we want them. I think at that point, they were down seven Great or quote. 10. Great quote. I think they were down 10, came back, scored a field goal, and then they were down seven. And I talked to Doug Peterson on, on the field before the game. Could not be more loose and comfortable. That guy is just cool. Trevor's cool. We had a Doug Peterson love fest with Andrew Brandt last week, if you recall. Yes. I, I yes. said I want And I told him that, that story. Guy. You did? Oh. I did. I said I, I host a podcast. Uh, uh, sorry, I co-host a podcast. <laughs> and and uh, we had Andrew Brandt on, and he immediately lit up. He loved Andrew. So funny. Yeah, I, I, and props to Doug Peterson for saying we got him right where they want him. In an age where, like, similar, you're talking about how as a sideline reporter – you have to be very, very careful what you say. Well, coaches don't want to say anything in any of those yeah. interviews. We know that. We've seen it. So even having the courage to say we got them right where we want them, I don't think we get a better soundbite really in, as, as far as NFL coaches go. So what a game. Happy for you. That was awesome. I mean, so much to, to unpack with that game. Obviously, my heart broke a little bit with the Giants. Oh, I felt 30. for you. Yeah, but I wasn't all that heartbroken or shocked. I, again, like, the minute you go into a game saying, ah, well, Hertz is a little banged up and Lane Johnson's not that healthy and mm -hmm. can they beat us three times in a row? It's like, yeah, yeah, they can because it's a really terrible <laughs> matchup for you. They're really strong on both lines, both sides of the ball, mm -hmm. and they have weapons all over the place. So, uh, but cheers to Philly because they've kind of been the best team or at least in the NFC. You could say right. the NFL for most of the year. They had their little slide, which still wasn't a slide. It was injury-based. And it seems like they're back to peaking at the right time for sure i mean a 38 to 7 victory and really that score makes it sound like <laughs> it was a game almost more than it was it was it was horrible and jalen hurts looks so strong right from the jump two pass touchdowns one rush what gave me a lot of confidence in his health was they had so many designed runs for him so yeah they're confident in where he's at health-wise. And yeah, like you said, that Philly offensive line gave him so much time. But either way, cheers to the Giants. That was a great yep. year. As a fan, I'm completely grateful. That is way more than I expected. I know some people don't like to live their fanhood like that, like uh, being satisfied with a loss. Um, I Just a great, great, enjoyable season. So thank you to all the Giants coaches and players. That was an awesome season for me. For sure. For sure. Okay, looking at Cowboys 49ers, defensive battle, first and second NFL and defense squaring off. And 
it's going to be really exciting to watch this 49ers defense play this weekend and I think beyond because I think the 49ers are winning this game this weekend. They were so impressive, so fast. Like that's the word that everyone keeps using with this 49ers defense. Obviously the matchup Fred Warner with CD Lamb, like what? That that was the matchup the Cowboys wanted. They were like, "Oh good, we got the linebacker on CD." And wow, I mean that was that play alone had a lot of people talking and then offensively for San Francisco, the George Kittle bobble off the face mask, that will be an image we see over and over and over and him staring down the camera. I mean, just fantastic. And when you look at Kittle, McCaffrey, Debo, I mean, these weapons that they have in the backfield, let alone catching the ball. I mean, it's it's exciting. I've, I've got to admit, for as many times as the 49ers have broken my heart as a Packer fan, I'm on the 49ers bandwagon. I like Mr. Relevant Brock Purdy. He is pretty great. He's definitely not afraid, I could tell you that. Uh, even Cowboys defense is good. And yep. I was watching that game knowing like, okay, these are the two, this is the kind of defense the Giants would need to beat the Eagles. So uh, already not liking my chances there. But yeah. also just look, like the play to Kittle, the bobble, those, as, as a Giants fan who's seen plays like that go my way, those are the type of pl- bounces you have to get. Right. It's those, it's the fumble that you just, your guy gets right back on. It's the, off the face mask, bobbling catch. It's like those little plays that start making you believe, okay, this is meant to be. It's breaking our way. Because both those two teams are pretty evenly matched. I mean, I know Dallas and Dak did not have the outcome they wanted, and the two picks definitely hurt and some weird play calls. But overall, I thought it was a really good season for the Cowboys. Disappointing for sure. I still think they're loaded with talent. But the Niners have, this, at least to me, the kind of defense that could at least really make Philly work. So I'm, I can't wait for that game. Two great games. The storylines, and if Brock Purdy goes to the freaking Super Bowl undefeated, uh. Mr. Irrelevant, if I was taller, I'd be like, I, and younger, I'd say, I wish I could play this guy <laughs> in his movie, but I can't because I'm short and old. You can write it. You can write it. I, already I guess said I could, you know what? I could write it's it. It's the I Kurt Warner it. story. Kurt Warner's story was so good, it, it got a movie, American Underdog. This, I think... As well. Now, Kurt was undrafted. (laughs) Yeah. Technically, Brock was drafted. Okay. Before we go on to look at the 49ers ahead, I've got to stay on this game for one more second because I've got to unleash on these Cowboys. It's time to unleash. Okay. Another disappointing end to the Cowboys season. Mental errors. Bad decisions. Dak Prescott, two interceptions. Should have been three. They dropped one. Brett Mayer, poor the kicker. My God, there was never more bets placed on a kicker missing extra points or more camera work on the kicker's face. I was watching that game with my family, and we were all just like, oh, this poor guy. And then, of course, it's blocked with a bad kick, a low kick, and it also didn't look like it was going the right direction. I mean... If that wasn't blocked, I don't think that was going in. I think he's actually lucky it was blocked. But my God, I just, it was five to one odds at one point, Jerry, for him to miss an extra point. I mean, just absolutely crazy. But just in general with this, a lot of Cowboys fans wake up this week seething, furious. I've seen people burning jerseys. And it feels like a rerun, really. The 49ers ended their season last year in the wild card. Felt like deja vu with how it ended. 
And the Cowboys now have back-to-back 12 and five seasons. Now, I ask you, is 12 and five a successful year? A p- one playoff win, a successful year. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it is. But with Dallas, it just doesn't feel like that. With a team that is as hyped as any, every year we're thinking this is that we hear about him so much. We have to see him all the time. And Dak led the league in interceptions this season. So it's not like it was a big surprise that it came down to this in the final game. They might be losing their defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, to Arizona. He's already on his second interview there. Their offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, interviewing with the Panthers and I think a few others. So it kind of looks like at least one of those two is leaving. I think Dan Quinn. They have a lot of free agents. Cooper Rush, the backup quarterback who filled in for Dak when he was injured this year, he's a free agent. And I don't mean this completely joking. A lot of people wanted Cooper to play because remember, they were winning some games with him. Tony Pollard, whose ankle injury was gruesome to watch it. And when they were showing the replay, they kept comparing it to Mahomes injury. I thought it looked worse. He's going to be having surgery and significant rehab. And just as free agency should really be heating up when he's supposed to get his bag That's when he's going to be doing all his rehab. So I really hope this doesn't set him back because that guy deserves a lot of money. He played so well this season. He played better than Ezekiel Elliott. Would Zeke have like 26 yards or something in that game? I'm such a disappointment for a guy who makes like a couple million bucks a carry, it seems like. And I just my unleash is on Dallas in general. Even their own Twitter was taking shots at them. (sighs) I'm kind of sick of the Cowboys. I'm sick of the Cowboys underachieving. I guess I feel like if you're going to be so showboaty and be such a show, then win, you know? And and I guess to me, as someone who's not a fan of the team, I think 12 and five, two seasons in a row, early playoff exit is a disappointment. And I'm I'm just annoyed of them. I agree with everything you said. It's a great unleashed. I do feel bad for the kicker there because that might yeah. be a career that we might not see much longer i i I start talking about people's careers it's like uh all right i know it's like was a joke a couple of weeks ago but now it's like all right this guy might be out of the nfl tony pollard completely agree and don't don't listen the two interceptions for sure hurt and the niners were just a little bit better but losing tony pollard at that point in the game was huge so but i'm with you like yes it's enough of already like now it's almost like the new thing that's assumed every year is like the cowboys will be a disappointment and won't go as far as everyone thinks they should. Jerry, look, it's been 27 straight seasons without a conference appearance. That's tough. Yeah. Then when you start I looking mean, around. Uh, in, the, in the title game. It's, you start thinking like the Panthers have made a Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, the Cardinals <laughs> yeah, yeah. have made the Super Bowls. Like start looking around. I mean, I think, yeah. Yeah. Think the commanders might have just the other the, drought. The walk-off play. The walk-off play was watching Zeke just get drilled. Now straight flattened on that. and you you understand they obviously were going to try to lateral it a bunch they didn't even get one i mean tell it, more uh, you know what like, don't uh, maybe leave that part out of your interview wherever teams you are interviewing for yeah, go ahead yeah. and, hope, uh, hope that they missed that yeah yeah maybe they just fell asleep at that part but i mean same thing as last season so yeah, yeah. anyways i am good unleashed. unleashed. I, that's a good one i feel better i feel 10 pounds lighter Feel like you got something out there. I don't even <laughs> want to follow that. I don't even have one. Go, go, I, go. No, I, this doesn't even qualify as an unleash. This is like a quick one. I hate to keep going back to the Giants game, but 
for everyone criticizing Dable for the fourth and eight that early in the game, like I understand it didn't work out, so it's easy to criticize. The Giants have been doing that all year. Go look at the Titans game, going for two, walk off win like that. So at that point, I think Dable knew early on, we got to score a bunch of points that our offense might not be built for. We were at, a, you know, I think we finally crossed midfield or we're almost at midfield. I think he saw the storm coming. And I think that was just a guy trying to get everyone out of the storm safely and it didn't work out. But let's relax. And now we're going to turn on Dable already as a coach. Calm down, everyone. I'm, no. I'm done. Yeah, everyone, I'm steady. <laughs> I, <laughs> steady. I know you were getting in some Twitter wars. Oh, it's wild. Trigger fingers right. turned to Twitter fingers. The guy, he made a bad call. All right, move on. Is that really what yeah. influenced the game? I He's don't, a great I don't coach. Really, yeah, I don't think, I think he was doing anything he could to just smoke and mirror his way through that game, but all good, Giants, all good. I like your optimism. You know, it's to sit here and like berate your team. It, I think you're right. I think it was a successful season. What they end up doing at quarterback will be unknown. But weren't we just sitting here last week saying how great Daniel Jones was? And and I kept saying last week he's he looked more like Josh Allen than Josh Allen. Like, I don't think the Daniel Jones era is over. No, he might have just gave a few million bucks back to the organization, yep. which yep. is fine, which we said it to Brant last week. Or like, you know, every completion is like $100,000 more, $100,000 yeah. more. He might have given back a few million bucks. But either way... The Giants haven't necessarily treated him the most fairly in his time there. Like all those offensive coordinators, coaches, all that, you know, it just was been bizarre until Dable and Shane got there. So I, I think everyone will be on the same page. I love it. So in the AFC, a lot of people were upset about the potential neutral site game in Atlanta. Tickets were sold. Flights were booked. All of this. But the Bengals had another idea. They ended what was going to be a lot of controversy. I, I know if, if the Bills had made it, that would have been the talk all week. Is this really isn't fair? This should go through Arrowhead or what, whatever people thought. Anyways, that is going to go through Arrowhead. And Joe Cool had something to say about it in our Audible of the Week. Yesterday, just that chip on your shoulder. Everyone talking about a neutral AFC championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this? You better send those refunds. <laughs> okay, let's bring in our guest from around the NFL podcast, NFL analyst. You also see him on NFL Network. It's Greg Rosenthal for his second appearance. Greg, what made you come back? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I wanted to uh, brag. I wanted to brag because I think I actually could be totally wrong, but you had me on when the Russell Wilson trade went down. And I feel like I was relatively like low key mixed, like not that excited for the Broncos. I might just be lying and, and wishing that what that's what it was. My recollection is it was the day that that happened, which on the same day, am I right? Aaron Rodgers said he was staying in Green Bay, which kind of stole the thunder from the move in general. But so we had all these questions for you. But I do remember you saying that you were you were running around, as I remember, in the offices. Right now I'm at home and we're right back to not knowing where Aaron Rodgers is going to be next year. So it's kind of a repeat. <laughs> Actually, can we start there before we get into this weekend's games and all the playoff action? When we look at all the quarterbacks who are going to be making moves, whether they're free agents or looking to be free agents, 
what are you most excited for in this off season? Cause once you know, that final, the final whistle of the Super Bowl, I feel like that's when you really get cracking. Yeah, I'm very into the free agency period. I already put out like a top 51 free agents. We end up doing a, a hundred of them. I'm into that offseason. But you know what's crazy I've learned is like it starts now. The trade of Matthew Stafford happened in Super Bowl week. The trade, or at least it started to yep. pop up there. Alex Smith to Washington happened during Super Bowl week too. So like it could start popping now. And you hit it. It's the quarterbacks I'm most excited about because it's it's not just Brady and Rodgers who are great to talk about, but it's Gino and Daniel Jones and Jimmy G and it's a weirdly long list, like even like the second level guys, Derek Carr, obviously available for mm-hmm. trade, but then backups like Jake Jacoby Brissett and Teddy Bridgewater. And it's just if you go on and on, I've never seen this many quarterbacks available. Cooper Rush. Everyone wanted Cooper Rush to play this last weekend. He's on the block. <laughs> uh, he'd be a little lower on my list. Yeah, I actually have it right here. I got Gardner Minshew. You got Sam Darnold who looked good for yep. like a couple games. You got Baker could be out there. Mike White, Gosh. Taylor Heineke. It's like kind of like all the fill in quarterbacks of the of seasons past uh, are going to be available. Yeah, I've always said this is like the closest to, you know, everyone talks about the NBA offseason when free agency kicks in and tracking players' planes and who's going where, who's having lunch with who. I think the NFL is finally there, at least just at the quarterback position, because you start looking around, you named all the quarterbacks, and you start looking at the teams, it's one big puzzle. Like, what are the Jets going to do? What are the Raiders going to do? And you probably have a lot better of a beat on it, but, I mean, it's too, it's too hard to even make a prediction right now, I think. But hopefully something shakes out in the next two weeks. It'd be really fun during Super Bowl week. Someone yeah. steals the thunder. I would love it, especially if it's Rodgers or Carr, which feels like the biggest trades possible. I think someone's getting traded in Green Bay. I think it's going to be Jordan Love more likely than Rodgers, just Mm. because like the next team that gets Rodgers has to pay him $60 million next year. And that's just it's a lot. Some teams could figure it out, uh, but it's a lot. And I think some people might want Jordan Love after uh, he showed a little more. Uh, this season, but it's not too early to have like a feel like you're you're giants there, Jerry. Like I, I got a feeling after their press conference, Daniel Jones is more likely to stay with the Giants than Saquon Barkley, for instance. I you definitely get a feeling from the Seahawks. They'll probably keep Geno Smith. They'll find a way to do that. Whereas with Tom Brady, you know, I know he's you know dropping F-bombs on his podcast uh, that he doesn't know what he's doing. But I feel like I know what he's doing and it's not going to be on the box. I'm just not sure where. Well, what do you feel like he's going to do? You can't just dangle that in front of us. <laughs> well, I mean, I think he's going to look for the best non-Bucks situation, most likely. Vegas. It felt like uh, a Vegas. I, I was on that corner a long time ago just because it's so logical. Mark Davis, mm-hmm. their owner, wanted Tom Brady. Like, it's out there. It's public. They're at the UFC thing. It, there's been good reporting that John Gruden did not, and which is really funny to think back on it because Brady almost won an MVP, won a Super Bowl. And I think it was an ego thing that Gruden didn't want Brady running the show. But Mark Davis is still there. John Gruden is not. And who's the coach? It's Josh McDaniels. Sometimes I think we make it a little too complicated. It feels like that's the best spot for him. You mentioned being here for the Russell Wilson news. And then now we're all hearing about Sean Payton meeting with Denver and all that. And I just can't imagine if I'm Sean Payton. First of all, what a position to be in. If you're Sean Payton, just sitting back, you, he could sit another year and his value will only probably grow. But that Denver job, which they have a very talented roster, but I don't know if you see Russell Wilson bouncing back from this year, but also maybe having to give up picks, which the Broncos don't really even have. 
So is is Denver really a place for Sean Payton or should he just chill and wait for more amazing <laughs> job opportunities to open up? So, yeah, he's he's talking with Carolina this week or he did. Right. He's talking with Arizona, which to me made some sense because of Kyler Murray. But if if you take Sean Payton at his word and I don't, to be honest, uh, he says like ownership Front office matters more. We didn't have a quarterback when we got to New Orleans. We figured it out. I think he thinks mm. he can make any quarterback work. I still think that Russell Wilson contract is a mess because if you keep him another year, it's like you're committed another year. So it's a contract thing. It's a trade thing. But man, Walmart money, like that's long <laughs> money. <laughs> and I feel like the way Sean Payton has worked this is very interesting to me. I'm kind of a closet Saints fan. I'm a little annoyed how he's worked it. I think there's more going on behind the scenes that they're both playing these games in the media in terms of, well, I might not take a job this year or, you know, and then my trade value will go down. So you better just get this trade done. But he's kind of got the Saints over a barrel. He's got all these billionaires over a barrel and no shade to him that he's not being totally upfront. You said it, Jerry, like more power to him. He learned from uh, your guy, Bill Parcells, on how to kind of work <laughs> the media and and get everyone interested. And, and he's done a great job. I was joking earlier about Cooper Rush, but for real, Dallas is losing some players and maybe coordinators as we're talking about head coaches and coordinators interviewing. Both Dallas coordinators are interviewing this week. Do you think Dallas takes a step backward? Oh, man. Everyone thought that this year because they've been really bad at handling success, and they ended up being, I, I think, a little better this year overall. I know it ended similarly. Uh, 12 wins, though. I think Dan yeah. Quinn gets a job in this cycle. I think Denver, yeah. if I had to guess who Denver ends up hiring, I think it's Dan Quinn just because I'm with you, Jerry, that I don't know if Sean Payton's going to want that job. Carolina makes more sense to me for him. Uh, I, I think Dan J Quinn's done an incredible job making all that talent on defense sing, and they do have a lot of needs. So you're right. I think Zeke Elliott should be gone. We'll see if Jerry Jones actually can be unemotional and do it. Tony Pollard mm. uh, is a free agent. Uh They've definitely got questions on defense. I think that they have some holes to fill. All right. I think we got to focus on some of the stuff that just went on this past weekend. I mentioned earlier, as you know, I'm a Giants fan. I'm semi-heartbroken. I mean, I saw it coming. I knew. Everyone's on Dable about the fourth and eight. Go for it. I, my opinion as a fan, they were doing that all year. And that's the furthest I saw them maybe even getting to in the first half. I was all for it, even though it didn't work out. Um, is it okay as a Giants fan to not be crazy disappointed? I have Giant fans on Twitter mad at me because I'm not crazy disappointed we didn't <laughs> beat the Eagles. No, I think you have to be realistic. And obviously there were high hopes. Like I, I know some Giants fans too, and they were wild confident. I was surprised by that just because you look at the talent on these two teams and yeah, Philly didn't have a healthy quarterback, we thought, but they ended up looking pretty great. They remind me, the Giants, of the Bills in their first year under Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, where they made the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor. And I don't know if there'll be a quarterback switch there, but that was like a show that like, hey, we're not the old Bills. We're still a little while away. And they did take a step back, actually, before they became the Bills that we know now. But I've said it for a while to Giants fans. I've been so down on the Giants for more than a decade. It's probably the Patriots fan in me. But I really meant it that when they brought in Shane and Dable, I thought, like, this is a start of something. And I kind of just trust these dudes to make the right decisions. I'm fascinated to see what they do with Saquon, though. I think it's going to be tough to keep him. You mentioned the Bills. What did you make of the Stefan Diggs kind of storming out of the building and really 
the banter between him and Josh Allen on the sideline. I mean, you're you're an insider. So what did you read between the lines there? Well, just that he's like an emotional wide receiver. We saw this in Minnesota. I think it just kind of comes with a package. I'm with Stefan Diggs where he tweeted out like it's easy to criticize the reaction instead of the play. And in the long run, sure. like the play does kind of matter more. And you don't want that reaction, but I think they all know Stefan Diggs, like what a competitor he is, what a pro he is in terms of the work that he puts in that you live with that stuff. Now, over time, like if that keeps happening, if they keep losing, is it something that ends up grading on you more and then you you make a change? Like, sure. But Jerry, you mentioned how the NBA and the like the NFL is becoming more like the NBA. Like I'm with you because those wide receiver trades last year and these big names now getting traded. I think that showed the mistake of trading them. Like every receiver that went to a new place changed their team. I know the Raiders didn't have a good season, but they would still do that trade anytime. And like, you do not want to get rid of a Stefan Diggs. Big time receivers to me are just, just about worth more than anything except for a a quarterback. Yeah. I always talk about that. Diggs trade was, that may be the most even trade that we can talk about for years to come because there's not a winner but the digs for the pick, which becomes Justin Jefferson. It's only even though, because the Eagles took uh, Jalen Rager, though. Like, it's only even because they had the best wide receiver pick of the last, like, 10 years. So, like, more power to them. But they they got lucky that the Eagles took Jalen Rager right before them, or else that pick, I would not have traded Stefan Diggs if I was them either. So, okay. Now, I, I think, I don't know how much love you have for the Cowboys. You know, I don't have any love for the Cowboys at all. <laughs> that was certainly a winnable game. Not the most fun game to watch and so but it came down to the wire but and what on earth is the dallas twitter account doing <laughs> tweeting out article I, i'm just very confused is this the sign that there's going to be major changes in dallas like i know we just talked about it but i'm still afraid of them too as a giants fan they're a loaded roster i think they're closer than further away but in this generation how do you do that as the gold check marked dallas cowboys twitter account I mean, I kind of loved it. I'm going to push back here just because. <laughs> Please do. So I work for NFL.com and everyone thinks, you know, I, I don't write as much as I used to, but like, oh, you guys are biased. You're always carrying the, the water for the shield. And and we just say what we feel on our podcast and we, we're critical when we can. And there's certain third rail issues like ownership that are you definitely got to be a little more careful than than if you were mm-hmm. elsewhere. But like I know people that work for team sites and like some actually are pretty critical and, and give, good, give, give good information. And then there's others that are like PR arms that add no value. And everyone's like, oh, those guys are useless. So now when one is out there, I kind of get Jerry. Jo- it doesn't surprise me that Jerry Jones, I've heard some people talk that Jerry Jones basically told his website, like in general, do whatever you guys want. And they have some really good no. writers <laughs> over there and stuff. And like, he doesn't mind. Like if Jerry Jones, if you, I know you're not a fan, but if nothing else, he wants that smoke. Like, he like doesn't care if you talk trash on the Cowboys. I, apparently, even if you work for the Cowboys, it's amazing. Oh man, Jerry, how can you say that wasn't a fun game to watch? That was such a fun game. Yeah, to I like that game. I just it was ten. I, I, I did too. I'm telling you, I knew my fate going into my night game as a Giants yeah. fan. So I just, <laughs> I just didn't see it being that competitive. So it was like 1980s, 1990s football when people oh, asked stalwart. for like the, like the good old days, and I like scoring more ultimately. But when they ask for the good old days, it's kind of like games like that. You know what I mean? Where it's like two great defenses and timely offense. 
Well, that's how I was watching it too, Greg and Olivia. I was watching it kind of already no defeatist attitude, but watch and watching it scouting the defenses because then watching that Giants Eagles game, I knew the Giants were going to have a hard time stopping that offense. But then seeing the surgical ease that they had with that defense. I really do think that the best team won Niners Cowboys wise as good as the Cowboys defense is. I think the Niners defense might be a slightly better matchup for that Eagles offense. They're I'm fast. curious that defense need is necessary. You need a Fred Warner to, cause I don't know the, the, the Eagles have six guys on offense that could touch the ball in short yardage and turn it into big plays at any time. It's the matchup I've wanted to see. I was kind of rooting for the Cowboys just because I feel seeing I feel bad for Dak, who's like an incredibly successful person yes. in what he does is ridiculous. <laughs> like I'm just saying, like as a human, he's achieved more and is better at what he does than, than I'll ever be at, at what I do. <laughs> I think he's a great quarterback, maybe not a top five, top six quarterback, but I kind of want to see him have his moment. And so for him to Shrinking that moment was hard for me to see, but just as a football fan, 49ers Eagles is the better matchup. These are the two teams. These are the two matchups in both conferences that I wanted to see the most. And that one in the NFC, especially like I have no idea how it's going to go, but I'm with you, Jerry, like their pass rush and especially their linebackers being able to maybe contain hurts in the running game. Um, it helps stop Dallas Goddard, who, where, who I think is just even bigger than you realize for the Eagles is huge. And I think it'll be much more of a defensive game, certainly than the, the Giants put up. Well, when we looked at what Jalen Hurts was able to do, again, with a lot of question marks around him, definitely benefiting from the bye week, I think he had so much protection. He had so much time. His offensive line dominated. They had 268 on the ground, 6.1 per rush. So as you look more at that matchup on that side of the ball, and Nick Bosa in this 49ers defense, do you think it'll be a different story? Yeah, they're not going to be able to run that well. The Giants were a great matchup for them. They knew it. And it was almost like a light warm up for this NFC championship. <laughs> I, I didn't think that Ouch. going into the game. Ouch. I picked the Giants to cover. So I was crazy. I mean, I had the Eagles winning, but so it's not like I knew. But the way it played out now, you look at this matchup, there's no way they're going to run the ball that well. They're going to have to win on the outside. Jalen Hurts still doesn't get the credit for what a good pocket passer is. He's different than Mahomes or Josh Allen or, you know, e even some of the running quarterbacks in that, like, when he wins throwing the ball, it is really from the pocket, and he's kind of a hit his back foot and throw some beautiful deep balls. That's actually not what you necessarily see out of Mahomes or Allen, like, He's not a second reaction thrower, Jalen Hurts. So to me, that's where the mismatch is in terms of them against their cornerbacks and the safety. So I think it's going to have to be much more of a Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown, Goddard too, but winning on the outside and, and Hurts kind of showing that he really has improved like I'm talking about compared to where he was in the playoffs a year ago when the Bucs really confused him. Yeah, anytime uh, you're a fan saying, oh, well, you know, Hurts is injured and Lane Johnson's not 100%, you know that's not the things you need to be talking about before a game. All right, last thing on the NFC, and then we'll definitely kick over to the AFC, and we talked a lot about quarterbacks. I think one of the more fascinating potential decisions to be made is if the Niners do run the table, right? And Purdy will step into uncharted territory, going undefeated, winning a Super Bowl he has to keep his job, right, Greg? Like, could they go into next season saying, well, it's an open competition here. Trey Lance is back healthy. Jimmy G's parted ways. 
it's a are they are they gonna have a quarterback competition with a guy who's never lost and won the Super Bowl? No, they won't. Can't. I wonder unless he totally bombs out this week, that might already be settled. Not that Trey Lance's future is done there, but that Brock Purdy goes into it as the starter. I I think they love the way he runs the offense. I think he has a higher ceiling than Jimmy G. I think he's already playing at a similar or better level to Jimmy G. Certainly there's some veteran things Jimmy G knows that Purdy doesn't, but like Purdy makes extra plays. I think he doesn't play scared, and I, I think they love him. And yeah, it's weird because he's a late seventh-round pick, but if he was a second-round pick, you'd just be like, okay, that's the dude, and we move forward. Not that he's going to be a top-five quarterback, but that he's going to be the guy next year. I feel like almost in any scenario and that they're going to have Lance there and it's going to be awkward, but uh, you know, they're, they can handle it. Okay. Let's go over to the AFC. I live in Kansas city. I'm a chiefs fan. I was working the game and Mm. I was right by Patrick Mahomes as this happened when he threw off the helmet, threw off the Cape. It was a moment I'll never forget. Really. I'm so impressed with him as a competitor, but now this ankle sprain, which he was basically on one leg to finish that game, and I promise you it was even worse up close than it was on TV, he's saying it's not as bad as the one in 2019. And he's not practicing this week, and he's never played without practicing that week, but it looks like that might kind of be the plan. What are you expecting from Mahomes and the whole Chiefs offense and what they're going to be able to do without him, or with him limited even? I have this theory that it's almost like a, like a great artist sometimes does his best work. Like if you put limitations on it, like writers talk about that, authors, and that Mm. now you're asking Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to come up with a way to win without his mobility. And this Chiefs team, to me, feels better suited than ones in the past because they're running the ball well, really well. I mean, that that won them that game. They ran the ball well against Cincinnati last time, really well in week 13. That, that, That was huge. And then... Mahomes is different than he was in 2018 when he won the MVP. He can win from the pocket. He can kill you with his decision making. And like his numbers actually got better, Olivia, in that game. I don't know how it happened. Afterwards, but yeah. <laughs> if you look at the yards per attempt, they went up and he wasn't he wasn't incredible, but man, he still made some big throws with good velocity, he made good decisions. There was the last touchdown with I just never count that dude out. I still think it's going to be tough to win, but I feel like their offense, I'm still more worried about their defense than I am about their offense, even with Mahomes with this ankle injury. That's sort of what I worry about because I think back to the last time Mahomes had this injury and the last time you saw Chad Henney come in and break all the Browns fans' hearts. And then, you know, heroically, he got them to the Super Bowl, but then against a good defense with Tampa, You just saw his mobility was limited. They had offensive line problems as well, so it wasn't all the injury. And I'm just worried that this is a little bit of a repeat, meaning like if they do beat Cincinnati and it's heroic, and I'm sorry, Olivia, and it can happen, of course, but then are they just walking into the Super Bowl? Those high ankle sprains, you know, they don't go away even in two, three weeks. It's still going to be painful. I just wonder even if he gets to the Super Bowl against the 49ers or an Eagles Mm. defense that has a million sacks in the last 10 games, you know, is, is he even in more trouble? And would the best Super Bowl be entertainment-wise? Sorry, Olivia, if it's the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. Ooh, uh, I think either it would be... Just fan. I don't have... A, I'm just a fan perspective. I think either would be great. I'm torn here because my instinct is to pick the Bengals too. I picked them to beat the Bills and I think they might be a better team than the Chiefs anyways, like a neutral site. 
That said, like Mahomes to me is the best player I've ever seen play. Like he's the best player to enter the league wow. since I started covering the league 20 seasons ago. And so I don't base, I don't try to pretend I know anything about the guys before. I just saw them on NFL primetime or just hear what people say. But in those 20 years, he's the best player. So to me, Jerry, like if he overcomes a high ankle sprain and then wins this game, that's some Jordan stuff. And you get excited about maybe he gets healthier for the Super Bowl. So either way, I'm excited. I almost wish this was the Super Bowl. But either way, like yeah. it's amazing. OK, two things. I think we're throwing out Michael Jordan comparisons too a little too liberally okay, this week. For Jalen Hurts yeah, was Michael Jordan, said Sirianni that. And another sorry. thing, Greg, now I'm trying to figure out how old you are if you've been covering the league 20 years. You look much younger. I'm about to turn 44. Is 20 years right? That might not even be right. The first season <laughs> I did a little bit was 2003. My first Super Bowl, though, was watching the Patriots finish off their 18-1 and season, okay. Jerry. So I had to learn how to be a professional there in the crowd for that one. That was my first one. Uh, Listen, I'm, I'm 43 years old with you, <laughs> and uh, that's why good. the Giants, I find it hard to get mad at them because of that even going back to those years. And I skipped that right. Super Bowl like a total scared, thinking we were going to lose. I had an opportunity uh. to go. It was in Arizona, so full circle. And I said, I, I said no, and I watched it with three people in my house while we all cowered in the corner because we were terrified of that game. Oh, man. Well, uh, the Giants fans showed up in Glendale. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, have, I have bad memories of that, that game. But yeah, I've never seen... I don't need to see more to see, say Mahomes is the best player I've ever seen. I mean, I know he hasn't yeah. played as long as Brady, but he's the best. So looking at the way teams are structured now and the way people are loading up their rosters, also NBA-like, super team-like, and winning quickly, do you think this is now the age of aggressive GMs? Like Les Snead went all in last year. John Lynch did it this year, especially with Christian. Howie Roseman in Philly. Is this just the way business will be done now? Yes, because... I just think the talk about window is overrated. I thought the Patriots proved that a little bit, the way they sustained success. I think Green Bay even has, to a much lesser degree, they didn't get it done in the playoffs, but they've always been good. If you have that quarterback, be aggressive around them because you can still make some mistakes. The Patriots almost won a Super Bowl where they had the 31st best defense in the league. Like So take big swings. And, and the reason I say yes is because I think trades is going to be a bigger and bigger part of the equation here because look i'm making this free agent list it's not great like teams don't let great players get to free agency but since teams have done a good job managing having so much cap space there's more flexibility for trades and i think you saw the patriots and the eagles especially be on the forefront of that last decade they were the two teams that traded the most i remember and now you're just seeing more and more teams like make trades it's better for fans too but i just think it's like one of the only mm -hmm. good ways to get good players now is making trades. So speaking to that, then of all the fan bases that had the tough weekend and lost Dallas giants, bills, Jaguars, you know, which of those four teams, if you're thinking about it from a GM mm. perspective, has their work cut out for them most. And you could make the case. I will say too, just remember, you know, with Dallas, obviously they're still loaded, but we're already now talking about the quarterback situation after one bad game. So which of those four teams do you think that GM has the most cut out for them going into next season? Well, I think it's the Giants just because they have the most talent to get, but they also have lower expectations, but they have the most holes to fill. 12 of their starters are free agents and they already weren't that talented. It's hard to find wide receivers. Uh, as we know, I think the bills though, are the other team that stands out just because you really saw a change in the expectations and the fan base 
with everything they went through this year with DeMar Hamlin and everything out, it's been a terrible year in Buffalo, injuries, but also just real life stuff. Um, you would think they would be somewhat understanding, but man, they're upset. Like everyone wants people fired. They actually haven't drafted a, like a pro bowler in about four or five years. So that they've, wow. they haven't done a good job. They have talent, but they just kind of kept it. They need to find new talent. And I just think the bar's so high with them now with Josh Allen that like any step back. And I think the AFC East is tougher. Uh, people will really be hard on them. So just expectation wise, I think the bills do have some holes to fill. Tremaine Edmonds is a free agent. Jordan Poyer is a free agent. They have some problems up front on offense too. Okay. What do you think, Jerry? Uh, final prediction for this weekend, Greg, you want to go ahead mm. and end there? Sure. I want to hear your guys first. <sighs> oh God. We're round Robin. I actually, as much as I was hyping up the chiefs and all that, I'm very concerned. I think, oh, uh, I think Joe that. Burrow is exactly where he wants to be. And I think they smell blood and I, I like the Bengals here. I got to say, Wow, was that allowed that you picked against them? <laughs> it's allowed. I mean, she's she know what she's doing, right? I'm not she's working doing, the game this week. You reverse psychology. Yeah. You're doing reverse psychology. I do this all the time, Greg. You, you, <laughs> okay, you, yeah, you, you got to come outwardly and way. pick against your team, and then and be then surprised like, when they win. I like San Francisco, and I'm not talking spread. We're going to talk that later in the show with Peter Andrew. Both games are two and a half point games, but I just money line. I like Bengals, San Francisco. I, I I also like the Bengals. I think that um, this is just going to be so much fun for uh, hopefully the next 10 years getting to watch Mahomes versus Burrow. I don't want to discount Josh Allen and whatever other quarterbacks will enter yeah. into the AFC because they all seem to be going over there. But I will say to your point, yeah, if Mahomes does this win, this win with the injury will rank up there in quarterback victories for sure. But I'm going with the Eagles. I saw enough. I have total respect for the 49ers and Brock Purdy but I just really don't know how you stop that offense. It's so confusing and everyone can get the ball. And also I think they have the best offensive and defensive line in football. No disrespect mm -hmm. to Bosa, just all around. I just think they have the two best lines in football. So I'm going Eagles, Bengals, Super Bowl. I have the same one. Sorry for throwing it back to you guys. It's like early no. in the week. I'm like, do I want to lock myself in here? I got to think yeah. about it. Uh, no, I'm with you on the Eagles. So that's, I had the Eagles winning the Super Bowl before the season. My pick was Eagles Chiefs before the season, which wow. is looking like amazing right now. They yeah. were the one seeds. I'm with you on the line play. Like that's where they spend their money. You know, it's funny. You think of them, they have a very forward thinking analytics driven front office. And one of the, their tenants is really like spend on linemen, offensive line, defensive line that you can't have enough high draft picks. You can't spend enough money. Like if you just have seven of those dudes on each side, like it, Spend it all there and everything else is going to look better. And they've done a great job with that with some of their pickups. So I'm, I'm with you on the Eagles. It, it feels weird, but I, I think the Bengals are going to win this game, even though you know, I had the Chiefs before the season. The injury is enough to make me flip it. I might have taken the Bengals anyway. It's just something about this team, man. And I'm all about wide receivers. And I think that mismatch, uh, them versus the Chiefs secondary, is, is what gets it done for them. Okay, good place to end. Greg, you are welcome back anytime. We have a lot of fun with you. Thank you so much. You can follow Greg Rosenthal on Twitter at Greg Rosenthal with two G's for a little something extra. Greg, thanks so much. Thanks, guys.
I finally did it. I finished season six and it was very good. You warned me, it's just a lot of love triangles and you're right. I cannot believe how it ends with an engagement. I guess I shouldn't say who in case it gives it away, but for your character, for Turtle, Jamie goes to New Zealand and she tries to test you and at the airport says you can see other people, blah, blah, and you cry. And she was mad that you didn't cry. And then the scene's very dramatic. She leaves and you turn around and you do cry. I'm curious as an actor, did you do? Because you do turn around. So I was thinking, oh, this could have been the eye drops. Or what do you do? I Listen, that was real acting for you. tears. Uh, it was something I've always been good at since I was a little kid. I can summon <laughs> that up when I need it. It's actually funny. That's how we used that skill one time. We went up to the schoolyard to play hoops one time when we were like 12 years old, but we didn't have a ball. And we thought maybe it would be like an extra ball we could bum from someone to shoot around. And there was like a game going on and they were finishing up and we needed a ball. And they had one other one. Some guy, was an older kid was shooting around. So I pretend I put the tears <laughs> on and I ran up saying that was my ball and I left it in the schoolyard the night before. My mom's so mad. I lost my... I was hysterical crying and the older dude was just like, here, take no. it. Take the ball. <laughs> I've always had that skill, but I will say, <laughs> obviously Entourage, not a huge emotional show. It's a comedy. I think no. I was the first main cast member to tear up like that. I think so. And I will say, I don't know if that was well-received. I don't know if people liked all the male emotion back then, but those were real... Really? That was a real... Tear. I might have been listening to Boys to Men in between takes to get in the mood, <laughs> to get a little sad. Real tears. Also, imagine being stuck on a flight to New Zealand from LA and then you find out that the person you're say. going to see is like, don't come here. Awful. Oh my God. And that's what happens to your character. And it sucks. It's funny too. One of the w women who played one of the flight attendants, Nikki Whelan is oh, her name. Beautiful. I, I end up doing a movie years later with her that takes place entirely on an airplane. I swear. No. I swear. And her and I are wow. we're married. We're a newly married couple in the movie. It's a horror movie that takes place on the plane. I'm not suggesting anybody go watch this movie. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> but I'm so just bad. saying, ir ironic that her and I would then be on a plane for two months shooting a movie. Season six had some ups and downs, right? Like I told you, it was heavy with love triangles and relationships. Yeah. But then there's also a lot of great cameos and stuff like that. Speaking of which, last question on season six, LeBron James and Matt Damon, and Jim Edmonds, the baseball player of all people, quick cameo at the airport. Now, your character is not in that scene. Did you I'm in New Zealand. spend time with him? I know. <laughs> of course. Like, And look, we're all big sports fans, but I don't think anyone would argue who the biggest basketball fan is yes, uh, in the cat. I mean, I don't think anyone would argue. Connolly's got hockey. Dylan's like baseball. And yeah, I wasn't there. Uh, I wasn't even like a visitor. So LeBron came, worked on the show, but we did have a dinner, I think after we wrapped that I was at, uh, it might've been like a back room at Mastro's or something like that in Beverly Hills. Right. LeBron, Maverick was there, Matt Damon. Uh, funny, quick story with Matt Damon. And we mentioned like, you know, basketball. He was recently at courtside at the Knicks game, right? And they always show, like, even when I go, like, they do, they show, they go to Celebrity Row, they show yep. a clip, and they cut to the actor. They freaking showed, this is Matt Damon, they showed his cameo from Entourage as his no. clip. Yes! It, no. If you go on, and I actually have to get back, there's a couple of reporters who hit me up wanting to, like, do a story on it, because they thought it was hilarious. Of all the things oh to pick, I love you, New York Knicks, maybe you were trolling everyone, 
But that, like, yeah, maybe. The oh, min- that's Ocean's so Eleven, funny. Twelve, yeah. Thirteen. Jason Bourne, little someone Goodwill named hunting. Jason Bourne. Goodwill Hunting. Oh my Did they God. show this cameo from Entourage. I'm sorry, I almost fell off my oh chair. My um, yeah. <laughs> Matt yes. Damon is in my favorite. My favorite movie of all time is The Talented Mr. Ripley. Awesome, awesome favorite performance. Movie of all time. And and He's honestly, so he was a prime example of someone who came on wanting to do something, poke fun of themselves a little bit, mm-hmm. and. There's even like a great, did you stick around to like after the credits of that episode to see there's like a post credit scene where it's just him doing a bunch of different takes yelling at Vince on the phone and he has a complete meltdown screaming at him. Like, I think all your movies fucking suck. How do you get, (laughs) I got nominated for an Oscar and I'm calling you. Like he's freaking out. Go back. There's a post credit thing. I will. Awesome. But yeah, LeBron came on and this was like not long after, I think on like PTI, Kornheiser, when talking about like Mav and LeBron said like this is when they formed like their business and all that. And he said, this is exactly what Vince and E would do. Will Bond. He said that to Will Bond on PTI (laughs) years ago. So just, this is, that's the high points of the season for sure. It was a, it was an interesting season six. I'm glad you finished it. Oh, it was amazing. Loved season six. Now I got to start season seven again. I always say this, but you're in for it now. Okay. Now I watch Entourage at like 6 a.m. It's like what I turn on in the morning when I'm up with the baby. I'm like, all right. And he, I'm not kidding. He watches the show. His eyes are glued well, to that's TV. That's my guy. Yeah. That's my guy. Um, I, <laughs> season seven. You'll get to meet you, him in Phoenix. I can't wait. I, I'm curious for your thoughts on season seven. Controversial all right. season. All right. More to come. But in the meantime, let's get to BetMGM betting expert Peter Andrew to talk about this weekend's game. All right, fresh, maybe not so fresh, from a red-eye flight back from the Bay Area is our resident 49ers fan who is just sitting here in a jersey and a hat, and I hope these have been washed maybe since the long flight. I'm not sure. It sounds like a great day in San Francisco. How was it, Peter? Uh, It was amazing have been washed. I had to rock, uh, rock my guy, George Kittle here after his stellar mm. performance. Amazing catch. We're, uh, we're clean here. I don't have the Niners pajamas on, so it's just top <laughs> up. Don't worry. I'm so glad I went. It was amazing. Team looked great. Defense was balling. Got a little help from Dak on some questionable throws, but uh, it was an amazing experience at Levi. And what was your betting angle? I was, I hit my straight bet minus three and a half, yes. but I missed by five yards, my big bet. I needed McCaffrey 40 plus rushing yards. He had that calf bruise, whatever it was. I had Kittle yards. I had a spread. I had the under. I had a lot of different things. So one measly run kind of cost me a couple hundred bucks, but it's okay as long as we get the W. Tailgate was good. Tailgate was amazing. We did three and a half, four hours. I met a couple of guys at the Super Bowl. Um, a couple <laughs> you years met some ago dudes? In Miami. Met some guys at the Super Bowl in Miami a couple of years ago, and every year they invite no. me back. So grateful for them. Tequila shots, margs, Fun. ribs, cornbread. I mean, you name it, we had it. So that's why the flight was so rough on the way home. That red yeah. eye. <laughs> this sounds like the this sounds like Hangover Four, Part Four. Met yeah. some guys at the Super Bowl five years ago. And every year you go out. I think we just came up with the Hangover Part Four. So okay. You got a chance now to watch everything. Now the the spreads have been changing 
like crazy this week, okay? Mainly that Bengals-Chiefs game, obviously, with the Mahomes injury. But when you saw that opening line, Chiefs-Bengals, uh, w- what did you first think? Because I even thought, I-, I was even a little puzzled by that opening line. And now where it is now, I don't even, I got to check because it's changing so quickly. Yeah. Listen, you you take out the Mahomes injury and it makes more sense. But he looked pretty bad last week. And I think they're lucky he was able to come back in, able to do what they needed to do. That line puzzled me too. But as many know that are part of the betting industry or, or close to it, sharp money dictates a lot of these things, especially early on in the week. Whether you have some inside knowledge or these guys have a typically positive hunch, that's what dictated that line moving. So where it was could have gone down to close to a pick but instead went the complete opposite way and ended up being a three to four point swing to the Bengals, which I think makes sense. It's you have to go with a healthy team. They're hot right now. They looked great against the Bills and and the Chiefs are dealing with a pretty significant injury. This isn't Darius Tony. This isn't some lineman. This is your <laughs> the probably the best quarterback of our generation that's pretty banged up. And they're gonna make him throw the ball and try to throw the ball. And he's gonna get a lot of pressure this week, especially if that ankle is near 50%. So I think the line moved in the right way. So we'll see where it goes. Do you know off the top of your head, is this the first time the Chiefs are underdog all year i think so i think it actually is i mean it's kind of hard to argue look i i i've already feel pretty good about the Bengals, but it's hard to say like if you just think about like a restaurant it's like hey today we're serving the chief's underdog plate we haven't served it yet this year would you like to yep. try it? it's almost like you gotta try it right yep 100 yeah it's any other team you maybe second guess it i don't know it's it's gonna be really interesting the dynamic of the Bengals having their number last year. I mean, there's so many things you can factor into this, but it will be a close game. As much as Mahomes will make a difference with his injury, I think it's still a really tight game. So I highly doubt it goes anything more than three-ish points in favor of the Bengals. And we'll see. The money changes things as the week goes on. As soon as the newswire comes out of his health, things are going to skew it. So it's going to be really interesting to see up until Thursday, Friday, and then obviously into the weekend. Yeah, both games are really close. As we record right now, Tuesday, it's just two and a half point spreads for both of them, which is crazy. Less than a field goal. That's only happened twice before in the Super Bowl era. So do you have advice to betters when the line is that small and the games are this important, what to do to help sway your mind? I have a couple pieces of advice. I don't know about the swaying, but I think value perspective, if you really feel good about a team, that two and a half point is... It's tricky. So mm-hmm. I would just say take the money line, get the extra value. Mm-hmm. The other thing you can do is take the alternate spread. So we talk about teasers a lot on the show or some sort of alternate line. Push it up a little bit. So if you have it at, let's say the Niners are plus two and a half and you think it's going to be a field goal game, take the extra six points and combine it with something. So the six and a half points might be a minus two something. Add a prop that you think has a good likelihood of hitting. Get it back to that minus 110 amount. Buy yourself a little bit of flexibility. If I wasn't a Niners fan, that's probably what I would do for that game. Obviously, I'm confident in my defense and my team. But we saw, and we were dead wrong, or I was dead wrong about the Giants last week. We saw how powerful that that Eagles offense is. The pressure they put on Daniel Jones. I mean, he had no time to do anything. He wasn't able to run rampant like he was against Minnesota a couple weeks ago. So they're going to come out hot. I respected you for picking the Giants plus seven and a half last week. I also think that's part of the problem of why the Giants lost because we became a very popular pick. No offense. You went two and two. You were kind of robbed of three and one. Doug Peterson took three and one away from you, opting for the field goal instead of the touchdown, a little backdoor cover. So you were on the wrong end of that. 
should have been three and one. You were two and two. So you're still, you're kind of keeping the momentum. So in our second to last week remaining of NFL wow. football, wow. which is, which is awful, the awful thing to say. I don't even want to say oh. that ever again, but I'm sorry. I had to been sticking with what we've been doing. Where are you at this week? with our 10 unit plays here? Yeah. So I'm going to keep the same style as last week, two and a half of the 10 units for each of these four bets. Start with the easy ones. Bengals minus one and a half. I think injury, the way the Bengals played against the Bills, I mean, they looked phenomenal in a terrible weather game. Joe Burrow just getting hot again. I mean, right time of the season. They're, I think they're on the second biggest winning streak. They're probably eight in a row or something like that as the season ended and going into the playoffs. Ride the hot hand. The weapons between Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Mixon. I mean, they have everything. I would take it now at one and a half. I think if the news comes out and starts to progress worse and worse, that Mahomes is limited on Thursday, Friday, whatever it is, you're going to see that line change a little bit. Um, so the minus one and a half is is where I'm at there. The other side of the spectrum. So those are the, these are the two straight or single bets. Um, I think to the point I made earlier with the plus money, the plus two and a half, I'm taking my, uh, Niners money line. So I think it's plus 125 right now, something around there. So. On the Bengals side, 25 nets you 47 bucks on the taking the money money line with the Niners being the uh, the dog, 25 nets you around $57. So you see the value right there in what you're getting. You're losing a couple points, but what are the chances that game comes down to one point or one and a half or two points? You know what I mean? I think there's more opportunity for that game to get blown out in either way based off how good those teams are. I don't know. That's just kind of kind of my take, but I feel really comfortable about the Niners. I think it is a high-scoring game. I don't think it's what you saw last week where it was 19-12 with a lot of issues and a lot of misthrows. Um, I look at a, an Eagles run defense that just hasn't done well this year. You combine now Elijah Mitchell coming back. It looks like McCaffrey will be healthy. He had a bit of a calf bruise. Both are day-to-day, though. Both are day-to-day, but I think um, I think the scheme means more than anything there. I think they'll have their holes. And then on the other side of it, I think it's just containing Jalen Hurts. Again, if you can contain that guy, I don't know if they will. And you'll see that in one of my one-game parlays here. But I think that's the name of the game because mm. Niners shirt up the the back end really well between the corners and safeties. They're, I mean, they came after Dak. They played the position well. The two interceptions were pretty telling. Fred Warner has just proven, I think, is the best middle linebacker in football. Just the way he's able to cover CeeDee Lamb or the way he's Crazy. able to be in the box. It's, it's insane. Um, so yeah, Niners money line, Bengals minus one and a half of the single bets there. Um, I know Olivia, we were talking a little bit on the side <laughs> and text, but interested in your guys' thoughts on both of those games from a half biased and half non-biased perspective, I suppose. Jerry's laughing because already with Greg Rosenthal, I said I was taking the Bengals. So the cat's out of the bag, literally. I still the think there's a little reverse psychology there, I feel like. <laughs> no, but we'll, I'm not we'll see. Games. All right, no games. I'm a little more clear on the Bengals than I am with the the Niners Eagles game. I lean yeah. Eagles. This might be just because of what I had to go through with yep. that, you know, beatdown that the Eagles gave us. But uh, you know, because I'm looking at those two bets that you won, though. You be, it feels like the Bengals Niners from last week, and now you're kind of on them again. I do like to, you know to get with it if you're running hot, but I, I, I lean Eagles just cause I just, I, I saw too much. And I think those are the two best lines, offensive, defensive in football. No disrespect to your boy Bosa. I love Bosa just like all around, but 
we're here for some single game or one game parlays, I should say, because uh, that's where we really get some some good odds. You laid out a good case for your single bets. Those are two and a half units each, five total. You have five units left for yep. both games. So I'm hoping you got a uh, one game parlay for each game. Yep, I'm hoping. I do. Okay. And we're getting a little crazy here with some good odds. Let's so go. Let's do it. <laughs> first one, we're going AFC Championship plus 1250 on this one, four legs. So you got Bengals minus one and a half. So again, sticking with that momentum of where they're at versus health-wise versus the Chiefs. Anytime touchdowns, I think T. Higgins has proven to be constantly a guy who's fine in the end zone. Um, expect a little bit of more pressure on Jamar Chase, especially looked really good last week. Kelsey, just Travis Kelsey, I think when they get to the red zone, he is the guy that's just going to find the targets. So both of those guys to be anytime touchdowns. And then Mahomes under 329 and a half. I think I like there's going to be a lot more of a dump off mentality. I think they're going to have to be a little bit tricky in terms of what they do. You can expect an extra guy coming in the box, especially with that injury. They're going to put pressure on him and force him to make some of those quicker throws, maybe find guys on the out routes, not looking for the deep ball that he's used to. I think he's just going to have a lot of trouble with timing and and obviously the injury. So um, I think he still gets his yards, 250 plus, whatever it ends up being, but I think they limit him a bit and they're focused on uh, just a little bit more trickery, making sure the backs are a little bit more active in the game. Um, so that's plus 1250. That's 25. So the 2.5 units to win 340 or 339. Love that. So big payday. Uh, again, not getting too crazy, not asking for too much, but really nice odds there for that um, for that Bengals game. I like all that too. The only thing I w- not worry about, because I'm just looking at it from what I saw last week, if the Bengals don't put four guys on Travis Kelsey in the red zone, that would be the craziest thing But if I've they ever do, seen. they have so many other weapons. Ooh, That's the I, thing with Kante. It I doesn't would, matter. No disrespect. I would rather take my chances with Valdez Scantling or Kadarius Tony than a, than a wide week. open. Kelsey was open by yards, like three well, three clean forget, releases. Before this last week, Kelsey had a six-game drought where he didn't score a touchdown. So I think that double just coverage. shows that great. Yeah, double him up. It doesn't matter. They they still were winning games, and Kelsey doesn't need to score. I'm thinking too about again. I'm assuming Mahomes is pretty banged up, and they're going to find some trick things to do. Like we've seen Kelsey in the Wildcat, I wouldn't be surprised if he rushes a touchdown. I like thought you were put Pacheco two. in here a little. I thought we would have seen a Pacheco in yeah, the or AFC. McKinnon or yeah. I, I just never know who's going to get the damn ball. It's in the tough. Back. They're so <laughs> they're, That's so, great. they're so loaded. You got to go with the surefire things. No, yeah. I I do like it. And look, I've said many times when Kelsey's caught touchdowns, how is he? How are they letting him do that? He, you know, what's coming, but sometimes it's just so good you can't stop it. Uh. Yeah. All right, let's shift over to the NFC where your heart lies. Let's hear what you got. Yep. So I'm sticking, I'm staying away for this one uh, with any spread or money line. I'm Smart. taking a little bit more conservative route because I think there's winnable bet here, even without the game going which way. Uh, over 46 and a half, I think explosive offense on the Eagles side. Niners are going to have to keep up with them. They're not going to be able to just win a dogfight game. It just doesn't, to me, it doesn't seem like it can happen. They're having to put up, you know, 25 to 30 points. So over 46 and a half there. And then the theme is really around rushing here. So McCaffrey, anytime touchdown, it looks like he's going to be good to go. He's just a bruise, so he should be fine. Hurts, anytime touchdown, and over 44 and a half yards. So they're going to need to contain him. But what we saw with Dak last week, who's not the most mobile quarterback, um, if, if that's any indication of what's going to happen mm-hmm. this week with Jalen Hurts, he will get 50 plus yards. 
Um, and that's something they're just going to have to live with. They're going to have to protect the longer threat, but he is going to get his chunks of yards. That's his game. That's why he's one or two for MVP this year, probably finishing number two, but, um, but he will hurt us. No pun intended. It's, it's going to happen. <laughs> um, and then the last one is just one I've seen. Uh, and I've taken a couple of games throughout the course of this latter half of the year, Juwan Jennings, who's pretty much known as kind of their passing wide or their pass block or run block wide receiver. He always gets these small little chunk yardage, big plays on third down. I expect a lot of pressure on Brock Purdy, and I expect a lot of those dump-offs to happen, those big clutch third downs, 14 and a half yards. Um, he is kind of a George Kittle-ish in terms of security blanket for Purdy. He's always just running those quick 5-10 outs and is sure-handed. So I think he gets a couple of those big chunk yardage and big plays. I don't know what they're going to do with Debo and IU. Shanahan always has something cooking up his sleeve for a big game like this. So I didn't want to mess with taking Debo receiving yards when next thing you know, he's out of the backfield or, or something crazy. So um, 14 and a half yards, that's one play. That's two plays. Uh, this guy has been super clutch for us as a Niner fan for uh, um, those big third down, especially those stretch 15 yard big plays. Um, so love that. And it's plus 775. So again, the $25 that's to win 219. So win one of these two, we're in for a nice payday and doubling up essentially what we have for the week. That's all right, Pete. Yeah, it's so sad that we only have this and one more. And I don't know, maybe we could uh start segueing into NBA, but I'm gonna I'm gonna miss the I'm gonna miss the Niners jersey. I mean, you literally dressed like Turtle <laughs> from season two Vontaraj, buddy. And I I say that with all due respect. I love it. You're making me smile. I wish I was able to put the Giants jersey on and cheer for my team this Sunday. Uh. Well listen, Pete. Good luck. It's been a wild ride. I'm glad we got at least one more of these coming up. Uh, good luck to your Niners. And good luck to all your bets. And good luck to everyone out there betting. And uh, I, there's nothing left to do but play some football, right? Thanks for joining <laughs> us for another great week, guys. And good luck with all your bets this weekend. Go Chiefs. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.